All right, welcome everybody to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scancella, joined by my great co-host and friend, Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joey. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. I'm excited. Um, for our viewing listeners, viewing slash listeners, who didn't just get to experience what just happened in this room is we went through about 10 minutes of this podcast and we had forgotten to hit record on the board. So take dose. Take dose. That's take two. Um, Spanish. That's right. And we should remind our listeners, you can listen on Spotify, podcasts, Apple podcasts, all those areas. But in addition, YouTube, you can watch us, actually watch us on YouTube. And who wouldn't? It's delightful. It's sometimes I just put it on when I, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to lay in bed and have nothing else to do. I just, just watch my own listen podcast. Listen to my own voice <laughs> and watch myself try and drink coffee on the air without making an audible swallowing sound into the mic. <laughs> I, I try, I just like tap my wife, Nikki, pregnant at, you know, nine months pregnant and be like, hey, you should, uh, Check this out. Check this great clip of me out in, on YouTube. <laughs> so anyway, we got an awesome episode for you today. Make sure to check us out on YouTube um, under St. Anne Catholic. There's a whole playlist of Prodigal and the Priest starting with episode eight or nine. Um, I had this idea. I wanted to talk about life in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And we'll explain that a little bit. So, you know, we have NBA back. Boom. Excited. So excited. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is like our childhood right there. Like NBA Jam. You ever play that game? He's on fire. That one? No? Okay. Anyway. So NBA is back. NHL is back. Um, Major League Baseball is still currently going. And Major League Baseball is my favorite sport. Um, But it brings up a question about the bubble, okay? And for those who don't know what we're talking about is when the NBA started back, they came up with this idea and they said, hey, you know, we're not just going to play games at all these different stadiums. We're going to rent out this area from Disney, house all our players there, build a court there, everything. Mm-hmm. Like peop- the players are quarantined there and they have like strict protocol about when they're allowed in and they're not allowed to leave and they had to go through that two week, you know, mm-hmm. um, like kind of. You empty. enter the bubble, you're put off into some other chamber of the bubble to exactly. quarantine for your two weeks till you get all your negative tests. Yeah. Then you come out and you can enter life into the bubble. And exactly. so, like the NBA players, everything is in there. Everything. Uh, hairdresser. I, yeah. I think they were offering like local hairdressers, different sort of four-week stints, yeah. but they had to go through the whole quarantine and everything. Exactly. Like, um, they seem really on top of it. Like, the yeah. NBA... It's impressive. Yeah. And they've had no positive cases in right. the bubble. And neither has the NHL. And the NHL has do, done something similar with two host cities because they yeah. have a few more teams, I think, than uh, the NBA. Um, but it brings up this question now with everything going on in Major League Baseball where people wonder, are we going to finish this season, which I so want this season to finish because we've been seeing... Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Yeah, They're like the top nice. team in Major League they Baseball right now. Dude, Aaron Judge. 
it's Aaron Judge is extremely impressive. <laughs> he is a, on a Sunday. Beast. I think I caught both of his home runs on Sunday evening. Mammoth and just clutch mammoth. It's just so even and impressive. that's a Rangers fan speaking. That's a right Rangers there. fan speaking, right? But seven and one in the bubble is <laughs> no bubble. Yeah, is pretty. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole point of our segment. That's seven and one, <laughs> which is in the bubble. Seven and one in the new season, in the COVID that's right. season. That's right. Which um, brings up though that thing to say, like Major League Baseball didn't seem as much on top of it. Why didn't they do a bubble, right? Or even now, what people are really talking about is football. Right. Why didn't they consider a bubble, right? Why didn't they consider housing everybody at like the Gaylord Texan here, right here? There's all these stadiums, enormous hotel stadium complex, like building stuff they do this for the olympics and i know it sounds ridiculous to say just do what the olympics do but the nfl has so much money it's so much it's not even right um and they could actually do something like this and they probably don't have time anymore no Um, yeah they don't have time but they had more time than anybody to prepare and and dallas would have probably been perfect for it yeah it would have Dude, you, they have the star they could have played games at. Mm-hmm. They got AT&T Stadium. They had probably the old uh, ballpark in Arlington, which right. they were making What are into. they doing with that right now? Exactly. Um, Allen High School is like a multi-million dollar <laughs> right. like, high school level field. You have SMU, UNT, mm-hmm. like all these places TCU. around. TCU, like all these places around here, you know, I, I don't know. And by money, you're right. Like some have said, well, they don't have the money to put people in a bubble for several months. Really? NFL generated about $15 billion in revenue. Yeah, last year. That's one year. They it's don't a have year that after money. their $8 billion. <laughs> um, and I know that there's a lot more people involved with football teams. Right. Uh, a lot more players and all the coaches and assistants and trainers and mm-hmm. everything. Like it's, it would be like building a city, but I think they could actually do it. And I just don't see how they're actually going to finish a season. They may be able to start. Yeah. But what do you do when a COVID outbreak hits your, your offensive line? And so the whole defensive line for the other team is down and your quarterback, yeah. which is like, we're just going to play with a bunch of like third string backup quarterbacks every other game. Now Andy Dalton signing is looking right. even more <laughs> impressive. That's, that's right. right. No, but that's a good point. You know, Major League Baseball can at least say, well, we're going to do seven inning double headers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do in the NFL? Those are only seven innings. When they, they do they're switching headers? to seven innings. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not a big fan personally. What is this? Little like a league? softball game. Yeah, yeah. Slow no pitch offense soft, to softball yeah, players. Yeah, no, no offense to church <laughs> league slow just, pitch just softball players. Thank you. Um, but you think about it, like, um, please watch on YouTube right now. Everybody go to YouTube because Father Paul drinks loudly and is trying to evade the mic so that it's not picked up, even though I have a mute button that I could easily just hit here, <laughs> which is great. But, yeah, what do you do? What do you do with this aspect of, you know, the bubble in that. And, um, you know, in the NFL, you can't make up, play a, we'll just play two games today, right? Like, no. Like, they're going to have to shut it down. Yeah. And it really makes me sad. Right. Football is not my favorite sport. Growing up in Bermuda, we didn't have that much access to football. It's a British place. Um, 
And so it's kind of low on the totem pole, but I still like it a lot. Like it's it's very entertaining. And they get all their money from TV anyway. Right. Like, yes, you know, they also get tons of money from people paying these exorbitant fees and parking fees and everything. And Yeah. But, yeah, it just, I don't know what excuse they have other than we watched everyone else do different things and decided to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And, anyway. and, you, and you and you have the most revenue yeah like and you had the most time mm-hmm. so they saw the what the nba time. was doing they're like great they saw what you know nhl was doing great they've seen what mlb is doing they're like great all these info and they didn't have the time to come up with that it's just to me it's kind mm-hmm. of egregious you know mm-hmm. like i think on on management and that and i think it boils down to greed them saying I think they all thought in their heads, things are getting better. We're going to have fans, which means more money in the owner's pocket, which is like, okay, we want that. And then they didn't expect kind of this like wave and large numbers and cases mm-hmm. and so many states I being like. don't get that. Like that seems so naive. If that's really the thought, like people were predicting that from the beginning. Everybody expected it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Maybe not quite this early, but or it, at least in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. But it's crazy. But this brought up an interesting like idea mm-hmm. within the faith that I wanted to toss out to you is life in the Catholic bubble faith, right? Mm. The Catholic bubble. To bubble or not to bubble. Right. Like it's a very like disputed thing. Mm-hmm. I remember during my time at Franciscan University how many people had strong opinions about like well you're just you're living life in this catholic bubble up at franciscan and i was like yeah okay like but i'm being formed there during some of the most important years of my life and second is isn't this what we want the world to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so it's honestly the struggle for a lot of people being like should you do that? Where's the line though of being like living in the world, but not of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't JP two say that? Like you're called to live in the world, but not of the world. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said that, Joey. The Gospel I, of John. I, I think he copied JP two. <laughs> JP two might have said that. Jesus first. Said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go on the official yeah, record OG. by saying jp do okay so um right but like it's it's a real thing you know i know some people i have friends that are like not going to support um you know anywhere that gives the planned parenthood right Mm -hmm. but it's like how far down do you go like it's like oh this gas station this grocery store this place like can you even find a place that doesn't by its like second you know third whatever do that you know like so it it brings up a lot so i just want to toss that out Mm-hmm. And say initial thoughts like the Catholic bubble life. Yeah. Okay. So I want to set aside just for the moment. I don't know if we'll if we'll get back there, but the contributing to like companies that support Planned Parenthood. That's a question of what is my cooperation in this evil, mm. and that's a little bit different question than we're talking about with a bubble. Yeah. It is related. Right. Um, but yeah, I want I want to treat the the big one first. <laughs> Sorry, that nice. came out weird. I was like, I want. <laughs> um, so the question 
the question is more when people think of Catholic bubbles of any kind, right? Um, they think of like a defensive stance, a retreat from the world, right? Um, Catholic colleges like UD and Franciscan, uh, I guess more so Franciscan. I don't know. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or even things like monastic life, right? Like a, yeah. like a, a secular view is you're throwing your life away. Why are you doing that? You're going to do this useless thing. Right. Um, and a reason for somebody entering that kind of life, uh, it could be a good or a bad reason, but it might be like, I'm fleeing from the world. That's kind of traditional language exactly. uh, in our faith. The flight from the world. Right. Don't want to deal with the reality of everything that happens, mm-hmm. so you're running from it. Yeah. And so that's... That's normally levied as a criticism right now. Um, but just on face value, there is important precedence <laughs> for this in the tradition. Right. You've got St. Anthony of Egypt uh, retreating out of the city uh, of, I guess, Alexandria. I forget where, mm-hmm. but he was from Egypt. Went out into the Egyptian desert uh, to flee the corrupt culture right. um, of his time. And people followed him out there, and then the deserts were so full of like Egyptian hermit monks um, that I don't think they were that quiet. Um, after a while, Saint Benedict does the same thing. He studied in Rome. Uh, when is he from? Like five hundreds? Sure. About right. Yeah, I think um, from my calculations. Yeah. Get out your. <laughs> Okay, I don't even know what those geometric things are. Oh, like astrolabe an, or something. Oh, I thought you were going for like an abacus. Abacus? Yeah, Ab- that's accounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sure. an early calculator. Okay, go ahead. Um, so St. Benedict uh, lived in Rome as a young man and saw the, the corruption of the city and basically said, I can't survive in this. And so he retreated. And then he gained a reputation for holiness and people followed and wanted to live around him and thus was Benedictine life born. Right. Um, so there is a precedent for this kind of this kind of defensive retreat. Right. Um, that's just kind of a first pass at the question, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's not saying any and and all defensive retreats of this kind are good. Right. Uh, we're called to be leaven in the midst of the world. Uh, a lie to the world, salt that doesn't lose its taste, leaven a little bit, which, you know, a little bit of which uh, causes the, the whole lump of dough. Uh, like that's, that is our role as, as Christians um, is to transform the culture. And it seems difficult to do that again on face value right. if you retreat. Right. And so I think hide it under a bushel. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so there's there's that whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that makes it right away a question of prudence and of circumstances. One answer isn't going to fit every circumstance um, for this. Maybe the best metaphor which comes to mind for me right now is uh, like a little plant or something. Say... Uh, Say you got some seeds, and maybe they were mailed from China and one of these weird things that's going on right now, <laughs> and you wanted to plant them. Don't do that. Don't um, do that. <laughs> um, 
But say you had some seeds and you knew the plant was delicate, you're going to grow it up in a per, uh, help it grow in a protected area. Yeah. Like a little greenhouse, greenhouse yeah. or inside in a pot, and you're going to take care of it until it gets strong enough yeah, to you're live gonna out. And put one of those sticks on so it leans, you know, those yeah. sticks in the ground so it can grow up and lean and yeah, all like that. Yeah, like a trellis. Yeah. For a vine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, that's that's important because, like, some plants always need that. They can't support themselves. Other right. ones, once they've had enough time, uh, grow up and, you know, are strong enough to, to be out in the wild right? and not, like, eaten by birds or bugs or whatever or destroyed by Texas summer. Um, I think our faith is really like that. And so, like, that that's where this question kind of the, the rubber hits the road for right. me is and, and where you're able to make a decision, do I bubble <laughs> or do I not bubble and to, to what extent, um, right. it comes from an honesty about the maturity of your faith and the support that you have. Right. Our culture is hostile to the faith. Right. Not just ours, but like the world. That's how John, John puts it in his gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. He talks about the the kingdom of God and the world. Right. And there is a hostility towards the good news of the gospel yeah. that would seek to extinguish it. Right. There always has been. Ours is pronounced in, in specific ways right now. Right. But it's not a new thing. And so, especially for somebody whose faith is budding, uh, I, I say, you know, lean towards the bubble. Like you need that... If, if you're in college, for instance, right? Yeah. I, I went to UD, and my I not only found my faith there, like rediscovered it for for kind of the first time, but it, it had a it had a privileged environment where it could grow up and flourish. And, I mean, that was this singular experience of my life. Right. And then joining seminary. Seminaries are semi-monastic models for the same reason. Yeah, you need to be able to control some of the environment to allow formation to take place and faith to continue to mature and right. people to grow. Right, uh, that's what you would do in a household, also, right? Yeah, uh, as a parent, yeah. like you have to control certain things. Right, you can't control everything, and when you're trying to get somebody to grow up and become a mature adult, they have to be exposed to what the world is like. Right. And you, I, I would assume as a parent, you want to sort of try and control that as best you can, but you recognize that you can't control everything and that, yeah. you know, if you keep somebody inside, then they never play in the dirt and get all the the dirt antibodies or whatever, the, you know, immune system. Yeah. I, Maybe I, we can edit that one no, out. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I that's how I would think if, if I was... If if I was say father of a family, I was going to say though, where would I move? Yeah, what would you, I do? yeah, you're the father of a family because uh, not that if we have any priests or or you know clergy listening to our podcast, awesome. But I think a lot of families <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> probably are listening and say, yeah, but what does that mean for me? You yeah. know, like do because, I homeschool? Like yeah, like do I send them to public? Do I not? Do I have only Christian and Catholic friends? You know, like do I not? Mm. Like it's this tough balance of being like. Well, I know this other kid who's not, you know, is going to influence my kids, right? We have a next door neighbor who um, is a little bit older than my children and likes 
to use the Lord's name in vain. Mm. And my kids just play together in the backyards. They'll play hockey. They'll go on the swings, different things like that. Well, all of a sudden one night, here my son used the Lord's name in vain, you know, like that effect and being like, man, yeah, sometimes I do want to live in a bubble. But then how do you at all like spread the faith, right. <laughs> like evangelize? You know, it's, I, th- I think it is, it, it's harder than we think. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> NFL sure. is figuring this out and we're figuring this out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but you, you have a kid, you have kids. Imagine that. Right. You do. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let me back up. <laughs> Father Paul does not have any children. Hypothetically, if you did, I mean, yeah. What would you do? Yeah. I mean, so many. So like when I say this is a prudential decision, it means that like you have to take all the factors into account mm-hmm. when you make that kind of decision. So like I just by personality, um, I, I would tend towards more of a bubble mentality. Um, I would tend towards homeschool the kids, uh, maybe church shop until I found one that I was absolutely satisfied with. Um, like sort of, do everything I can to, to create kind of a bubble. I don't think I would actually move out to one of these like sort of Catholic hubs. Uh, there aren't that like many a commune. Of them, but, yeah. I was trying to avoid using that word, but, <laughs> um, but like sometimes there are Catholic communities that grow up around uh, like intentionally. Uh, and I don't know, like sometimes those can be really good. Other times it seems kind of artificial. Um, I don't, I don't even know what exactly. It would depend on what I was doing for work as well. Um, but a, a model I really like, and I guess what I would try uh, mm-hmm. to do would be something that I saw in Italy with this particular community called the Tipiloski. Uh, they they like Pier Giorgio Frassati. Um, nice. And they call themselves the shady types, the Tipiloski. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I had friends when I was uh, in seminary and a priest over there who would go and hang out with them um, and uh, would go celebrate mass for them and stuff like that. So I heard a lot about them. I never actually got to really immerse myself in that community that much, but they're this really vibrant Catholic community. Um, And it just started off with some Catholic friends who started having families and then were like, we need to hang out more. And so like every Wednesday, all the families would go over to one house and they would have dinner together and pray a rosary. And then that came to like, to like, let's do this a little bit more often. And so it was like Wednesday and Friday, let's, you know, Friday will be this night and Wednesday we'll do this. Right. And, and then it's like, well, I mean, if we're going to be doing this all the time, why don't we just move closer together? And so they moved on to one block and then they kind of took over the block. And now it's this, it's this beautiful lay community and they've been very intentional about um, about maintaining those bonds of friendship and of Christian fraternity and mm-hmm. and uh, sort of have a bubble aspect to it, but it's also it's a very mission oriented thing. Um, I think that's the key right there. There's an there's an openness to people coming in, and they serve the community, and they do all this. So there's there's the two sides of like. I can't do anything to help if my own faith is so bombarded 
uh, by the culture that it's like it's like a smoldering wick. Right. Um, it needs to to have enough protection from the outside air that it can like burst into flame. Right. Um, otherwise, I can't do anything. I can't give what I don't have. Basic right. principle. Um, and if I don't have God in my life, how am I expected to yeah. to give Him to the culture? But then from there, like, there's also another sort of basic principle of the spiritual life where the more you focus on yourself, um, the less you're actually growing spiritually. Right. Uh, some I was talking with some people a little while ago, and they they talked about this book they were reading. Uh, called Kindness. It's by Sophia Press. It sounded really good. And they used this, um, there was there was just this very simple line in there, like this sort of early 1900s kind of wisdom. Right. Um, almost kind of like Fulton Sheen kind of voice, just practical wisdom. If you find that you're unhappy, it's probably because you're thinking about yourself too much. Um, like go and be kind to somebody. <laughs> like I think get get out of yourself. And that is how we grow in the spiritual life. And so sometimes in trying, and this is where the legit criticism of the bubble mentality comes in. Um, sometimes when you are trying to protect your faith, uh, you're actually stifling it, mm. um, right? Because it needs to be exposed to, okay, let's let's stick with the flame uh, imagery. Yeah. But like if the faith is a fire, it needs fuel. Um, and okay, Maybe you've got it to a, a roaring, roaring flame in your own life, but then you are, by making too tight a bubble, uh, you're keeping out necessary oxygen, and it doesn't have the wood it needs uh, to burn. And that seems to only happen when you're actually sharing the faith with somebody. Right. Or happen most effectively. Right. Uh, it's not something that you can keep to yourself and have... Um, burst in or continue this this roaring flame yeah and you know kind of on one last note i want to i want to say something to the parents real quick and that is um you need to pray to the holy spirit for guidance on this right we are called to get our children to heaven yeah like i'm not going to be called i'm not going to be judged upon the call did i get them a sports scholarship Mm-hmm. Did I get them the best academics, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to like answer before the Lord, say, what did you do for your children's holiness? And mm-hmm. we need to take that serious as parents and pray for that. I remember so vividly this one homily by Father Edwin Leonard who came to a 430 youth mass. He had just become vocations director, and he said to the parents in attendance, he said, the biggest obstacle to vocations and my job is not the devil, is parents mm. who think they know what is best, you know, for their child and never lets God into that plan. Mm. And it just always stuck with me. And it's always like, it's something that Nikki and me, you know, pray often for and say, all right, Lord, <laughs> how do we make saints out of our kids and it's Mm -hmm. not perfect and it's not easy and it's a continuous conversation and i mean gosh we could we could probably talk you know an hour and a half on this because there are a bunch of different things i'm sure people say well what about this or what about this or what about or what about parents whose kids are grown and you know they did kind of everything they could right you can always do better but they they 
legitimately tried and right. then some drifted away, some didn't. Right. Like um to that, just uh again, first pass, what I would say is like it doesn't mean stop praying for him. Yeah. <laughs> Saint Monica. Yeah, exactly. Good example. Like Saint Monica prayed for his son, Saint Augustine. What was it thirty nine years? Thirty two, thirty nine. Uh, there was a it's in a, the thirties. Yeah, it's he was in, in his thirties. Um yeah. but he was, you know, by all reckoning, just completely lost, given over to to a licentious life, living, uh, rising through the ranks of power and education um, in the Roman world, and just not living as a Christian yeah. even slightly. Yeah, and <laughs> father of the church now. Yeah, doctor. Of the, doctor. Yeah, yeah. church My, father. And sorry, doctor sorry, of the church. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he had this enormous conversion, and she had just been praying for him constantly. Like, that is a parent's call as well. Like, do everything you can, trust in God. Uh, It's actually a phrase from St. Augustine where he says, um, work as if everything depends on you, pray as if everything depends on God. Mm. Um, Love that. Like that's that's kind of what we have to do in any situation, but especially in these uh, when you're talking about like other human beings, <laughs> yeah, um, who whom you can't control, and you want to protect, and you want to do everything you can for, and that is your job. Yeah, um, you can't judge success and failure uh, from your own eyes. It has to be from uh, from God's perspective, who alone knows the heart. Yeah. All right. Watching, reading, thinking. I'll start. Mm, yeah, um, I'm reading, uh, just started uh, Multiply by Francis Chan. Oh, yeah. um, so um, author, um, really good. Also, to stay on the Francis Chan thing, <laughs> I was watching one of his talks from a re- recent conference as well, um, in addition to a lot of hockey, <laughs> NBA, <laughs> baseball, <laughs> any of this. And what are you thinking is... Um, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that I want my kids to be holy and I want my kids to be saints and I'm praying for that so much. Mm. You're nice. up. Try to beat that one. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I am uh, still reading, kind of continuation, um, a book on uh, putting, a golf book. Um, it's just bringing me back. I, I was obsessed with this book and, and others, uh, when I was younger and really into golf and it's been, I love that I'm old enough. I can say this now. It's been like 15 years since I looked at it or so, at least, you know, 12, 15 right. years. Um, it's like putting for dummies. What's the title? <laughs> no, it's called, uh, uh, Dave Pelz's putting Bible <laughs> and it's got like all this science in there, but it was also written in like the. 90s or That's 80s awesome. um it's it's pretty awesome it had a huge impact on me back then and now that i'm getting back into golf i'm able to play more now that i'm back in the states um it's just bring back a lot of stuff that i remembered uh, yeah or that i'd sort of interior interiorized from before so i'm reading that um watching i'm watching sports it's wonderful yeah um watching whatever's on espn that's kind of the only one I know how to access because I just watch it from my phone. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, some golf, some basketball, some baseball. Everything. It's just wonderful. Yeah. 
Um, and what am I thinking? Uh, that I really want Joey's kids to be holy and to become saints <laughs> and all of your kids. to uh, become, That's my job is to, to lay down my life so that you might have life. Yeah, okay. you, I, you I shouldn't you, play it that You but. would. You would. <laughs> well, we thank everybody for joining us today on Prodigal and the Priest. Remember to like uh, to go to St. Anne Catholic, check out our YouTube page or wherever you listen to us on. Also, make sure to submit any questions you have. Prodigal and the Priest at gmail.com or stanneparish.org slash PTP for Joey Scancella and Father Paul Bechter. Say take care. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>